You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. All right. Well, hello, BroadwayCon. How are you? Well, thank you for coming. Uh, It's very exciting to be here today as part of the Broadway Podcast Network. And this is a special live episode of my podcast, Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And I'm so excited to introduce today the one, the only, Tony Award winner and Emmy nominee, Katie Huffman. Hello. Woo! Yes. Yeah, make it sound like there's a whole lot more of you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. We'll double it in post. We will. So, <laughs> so Katie, if you don't know, won the Tony Award for her role as Ula in The Producers on Broadway. <gasps> I did! You sure yeah, did. Somebody had to win it. Yes, and we're thrilled that it's you. So we're going to... Start talking by talking about your time in the producers, and then we'll get to current stuff. Okay. And then we're going to play a game. Very good. So let's take us back to the year that you auditioned for the producers. All right. This is very disappointing. I didn't have to audition for the producers. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it was it was quite a, a thing. I hadn't been on Broadway for a while. I hadn't even lived in New York for a while. You know, last thing, I, well, I had just worked for Dame Edna. Uh, but... I had come back to New York, and I had been I'd been nominated for Tony Award for the Will Rogers Follies, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Thank you. He's old enough to remember. <laughs> and cute. Hi. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping like you have a daughter with you. He's like, oh my god, Dad, no. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I'd been living in California, and this. Um, this uh, casting director, Vinnie Liff, who has since passed, who became one of my d- very dear friends, said, Katie, you should really fly yourself back to New York to audition to be the standby for Deb Monk and Karen Ziemba in Steel Pier. Mm. And I was so miserable in Los Angeles, I said, I'm going to do it. And I got it. So I came back and I stood by for those two women in Steel Pier. Thank God I never went on because I am a terrible <laughs> understudy. <laughs> So there I am back in New York now, and I'm making commercials, and uh, I'm working for Dame Edna, mm. which was in Dame Edna, the Royal Tour, oh which God. turned out to be one of my favorite jobs ever. And then I get a, another call from Vinnie Liff uh, saying, um, hey, Katie, they're making a musical out of uh, Mel Brooks's film, The Producers, and Mel and Susan Stroman are wondering, would you consider doing a reading of it? Oh, wow. And I was in my 30s at this point and thinking, and if you remember the original, original movie, mm-hmm. she's 19 years old dancing around <laughs> in a bikini, right? So I was like, uh, yes, you know, it's just like, because <sighs> I've had those moments before where I'm like, let me think about it. <laughs> yes, you know, like, but this one I was just like, just suck it up, Katie, you will figure it out. It's Mel Brooks. I mean, the whole thing, yeah, please. Susan Stroman. You know, who knows? Exactly. Who knows what it's going to be? So we did this week-long sort of workshop of it, and by the end of sort of five days of rehearsing and going through stuff, and believe me, the, the script was just perfection from the moment mm. I read it. 
Um, and then we did two readings on a Saturday, April 9th, 2000. I remember this date because it was a big one, right? But it also snowed that morning, weirdly enough, mm, in yes. April. Mm -hmm. And then it cleared up to be gorgeous, gorgeous. And we did these two readings for suits, you know, the people who might give us money to do a show or mm -hmm. might give Mel Brooks money to do a show. And we, d I mean, if you're an actor in New York, you do a lot of readings. Yes. So you don't you expect do. anything to come of it, but you enjoy yourself and do your best. Mm -hmm. And so after the first reading with all these suits who are normally very staid and grumpy, like you have to prove to them something, <laughs> um, they were purple in the face laughing. I mean, they were laughing so hard. And about three feet off of my left knee was Anne Bancroft, Mel Brooks' oh, wow. wife, who mm -hmm. was, you know, of course, an idol of mine. And we did the first reading. And after the first reading, Rocco Landisman, who was the head of Jujamson at the time, mm -hmm. comes up to Mel Brooks, offers him the St. James on the spot. Wow. Yes. And this is the very first time it's ever been heard in public. Mm -hmm. After the second reading, Mel Brooks came up to me and said, kid, when it goes, you're in. Wow. So I was like, that's incredible. Thank you. Thank you. This is April. But still, you're thinking these things take years. Mm -hmm. And by December, we were rehearsing. And by May, I had a Tony Award. Oh, my God. Wow. And we had won the most Tony Award. Yes, you did history. that year. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. So then I have to find out. Uh, I mean, it was the hit show. I mean, everybody who's anybody. God, I wish social it. media was alive yes, then. Yes, right? So um, so what is it like being in the show that everybody wants to see? I mean, who did you meet? Who were some it's of your awesome. idols that you met? I met everybody. I mean, truly, it's like, oh, I've met them. I wonder where. And it's usually backstage mm -hmm. at the producers. Um, I met people like um, Harvey Corman. Oh. Who I mean, I wanted to marry Harvey wow. Corman. He was one of the guys on <laughs> Carol Burnett. I wanted to marry him. And he was the only, the only uh, celebrity who, when he saw me, went, Ula! Because I had short <laughs> hair at the time and nobody else could figure out that you're wearing a wig. <laughs> but he was like, Ula! I said, Oh my God, Harvey, I wanted to marry. He's like, Shh, my wife's here. <laughs> But I got to meet Robin Williams oh, wow. with his son. They both, like Robin Williams and his son, wander into my room. Oh my and I was God. like, hi. Oh, the sweetest, sweetest. And then there were people like, um, oh, who, who, uh, who played Lex Luthor in, in Superman with Chris Reeves? Oh, Gene yeah. Hackman. Gene Hackman. Mm -hmm. So Gene Hackman, like that is the career I always wanted, is Gene Hackman's career, right? He gets to play... Everything, comedy, drama, leads, you know, he gets everything. He, yeah, I know, I was gonna say French Connection, yeah. Exact me, yes, French Connection, hey, Can we do that these days? I, up in the Bronx, we still have an elevated train. We can still really shoot something. Okay. All right, very good. I love it, see, you even get work just being exactly Broadway right. We're on. There you go. Um, but Gene Hackman like cried. He was crying. I mean, oh people my were so moved. So I got to meet because Gene, of course, worked with Mel in a lot mm -hmm, of movies yes. too. So I got to meet all of those icons oh who were still with us who had worked with Mel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just amazing. Rock stars, you know, Roger Daltrey came, uh, Al Gore. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, <laughs> with his big old beard right after he'd like not won. <laughs> He seemed Aww. a little depressed. <laughs> Sorry, Al. We, believe me, we all voted for you. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there was just so many. That's so, incredible. so, so, so many, yes. So now we have to talk about your big moment. So you get nominated for the Tony Award. Yes, that is a big moment. And you win it. What? So you won it. Oh, what? <laughs> Every time. Every time. So, so what is it like to get nominated? What is it like to win? I mean, that yes. whole night. Well, I had been nominated before. Yes. Well, you so were nominated for, yes, yeah, for Will the Rogers World Rogers Follies. And I, this is something that I probably haven't shared before, but I, I hired a publicist this time mm-hmm. because last time I was young and dumb and really out of the blue was this Tony nomination and you know, just had no idea what to do. <laughs> so this time I hired a publicist and believe me, they kept us so busy doing that show because mm-hmm. we were such a huge hit, which was, I mean, you know, I always wanted to be one of the Beatles. It was like being one of the Beatles, yeah. but I was one of the Beatles that nobody recognizes. You know, I'm, I'm there with, <laughs> with John and Paul mm-hmm. who are Na- Nathan mm-hmm. and Matthew and the rest of us are just like... <laughs> I mean, it was like Hamilton is today. I mean, the, the flurry of that of Hamilton is, was the producer. Yes, Awards. you did. Yes, mm-hmm. that's sure why I say, like social media. I look at what the what the ensemble members in Hamilton, how many followers mm-hmm. they have, like eighty four thousand. Mm-hmm. I am just scratching for five, <laughs> and it's like please. And I think I'm, I, I'm so old. They, you know, they like those kids look at me and they just think they literally say, "Oh, I had no idea you were on social media." And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> going to kill them. Um, <laughs> but should, I love them all immensely. It would so, be yes. like. Honey, I didn't need social media in my day. Well, you know, it, that but was the it truth. It was just different. Yeah, it, it was. was. Such, so mm-hmm. freaking different. Mm-hmm. And it was very special. And, and I mean, we were, I slept maybe three hours a night. It, <laughs> like the adrenaline for that first year. Yeah. And I would make myself lay down for eight hours. But I was like, boom. So my, you know, interviews, meeting people, parties, like everything. Oh, my God. Um, so then I, so I had this, the, the month of being nominated is mm-hmm. awfully fun. You get to spend, you know, a, a time with the people in other shows, yes. which you do not get to do otherwise. You get lunches. You get lunches, brunches. Dinners. You know, and we everything. were nominated for other awards, mm-hmm. so we were doing those and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then it comes time. I remember I asked my brother, one of my brothers for some reason knows everything. And he really does. Very bright. And I talking about getting a dress, he's like, you have to call Pamela Dennis. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I called Pamela Dennis, and Pam, Pamela Dennis built a gown for me, came to the came to the theater and dressed me like asked me if she could do that wow and i was like uh yeah <laughs> like what somebody else did my hair i did my own makeup because you know what n- most people don't know is that once that m- almost every show that's nominated that's in that audience have just done a matinee mm-hmm. like we have all just finished our week we've all just done our eighth performance of the week and then we have 45 minutes to change and get to radio city literally 45 minutes it's nuts um then somebody somebody sent me to harry winston for jewels Mm. so about a week beforehand i got two armed guards with you know briefcases they open them up and see just diamonds 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 (laughs) and are you like diamonds are a girl's best friend i mean if you haven't seen the real thing, and there's just a ton of it, yeah, 
And you're like, oh my, oh my God. God. And I was like, well, I just want everything. And this woman said, this is so beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, that's so funny. I said, why? What, what's so funny? She goes, you know, there are actresses who they will, I mean, this stuff is gorgeous. They'll look at it and say, yeah, I like that. But can you put a this and that? And like, change it. She's like, no. <laughs> No, this is Harry Winston. So what I ended up wearing was $1.2 million worth of diamonds. Oh, my God. Yes. They, they were chandelier earrings of diamonds that were copies of Marilyn Monroe's favorite earrings. Hers were paste. What? Hers were fake. Mine were real. Wow. And then I stacked a whole bunch of bracelets on my arm mm -hmm. and stuck my aunt katie's bracelet in there with it like a little marcasite and so nice yeah it was, i mean please i'm gonna cry thinking about it um so that night i have a arm guard it's it's the tony awards mm -hmm. i have 45 minutes to shower get dressed get to radio city and then my ass in the seat uh because they close the doors boom um and i have an armed guard with me john who's watching over my jewels and I was married at the time, so I have my handsome husband with me, and oh, we sit. And then we're enjoying the evening. I mean, we're winning everything. 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 You know, Mel Brooks is getting on stage, yeah, see you later. <laughs> you know. Uh, and I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing, amazing, amazing. And then it gets to be my category. And I know that after my category is only Nathan and the show. Mm -hmm. That's all that's left. Mm -hmm. And suddenly I go, well, we can't win everything. <gasps> it's me <laughs> like, I'm the one who's not going to win <laughs> like, and then you know there were some wonderful women uh, who were nominated in my category yes. including Kathleen Freeman and Kate Levering mm -hmm. so we all started with K sounds <laughs> so Doris, uh, Doris Roberts, Roberts yes. announces and she says and the Tony Award goes to and like time <laughs> slows down. You're like, Katie Huffman. Oh, stand up. Sit down. Kiss the husband. Stand up. <laughs> I remember that much. And then I, I remember being on stage and t taking the Tony Award and turning around and seeing the 6,000 faces of oh Radio City. I don't remember how I got on stage. Like, that's gone. That is gone from memory. It was just like, blah, blah, brain wipe. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. 
Have an amazing Pride from Febreze. Well, you can watch it on YouTube if you need to remember how you got on stage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was, it was lucky that I lifted my train. Yeah. I, didn't, I did not watch it. Well, because it was pre-internet. Right. Yes, I mean, you know, it was it like, was. it was such a different time. So I didn't watch it for several years. And my friend said, oh, I have it on VHS tape <laughs> if you want to watch it. It was one of my very best friends. I'm like... Okay, I thought it was kind of weird to watch myself yes, win an award, but, but you know, we stuck it in, you know, rewind all that stuff, and we watch it, and I'm like, oh shit, play it again. <laughs> <laughs> we watch, and I go, dang, I win every time. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is the best movie ever. So, oh my anyway. god, I love it. Yeah, it was it was amazing. I got home, of course, at six o'clock in the morning. But what happened was, after I won, we lost John, the armed guard. So, because oh. I had to immediately go backstage, see press, and then perform. So I have to change into Ula, and we get upstairs to change, and take off one point two million dollars oh worth God. of diamonds, and me and my dresser are just staring at it. <laughs> and she scoops it up, puts it in her apron, and I go perform. And Did eventually, you ever see it again? I did. I got to put it all back oh, on, that's but so I, I wanted to get rid of it. That is a lot that's of a pressure. Lot, yes, that, that is, is a lot, lot of, pressure. of pressure. That is a lot like, of pressure. John, please. This is, I'm done. Yes. Please take all this stuff. Yes. Oh, my God. That's oh, an I'm incredible story. I'm exhausting myself. I, yes. It's, I know. It's kind well, of a long story, but it's... But it's a good but story. But there's a lot of stuff there in is. there. Yes, right? yes. So we're going to actually jump ahead now to present day because okay, I, we, we don't only have, have like much 10 time. minutes left. Yeah. So... Um, uh, so you have a lot of projects yes. that you are currently working on. Um, the the two that I really want to focus on, one, I'm just going to do a quick mention. So you, Katie's going to be directing and performing in the 92nd Street Y Lyrics and Lyricists um, uh, program featuring Jerry Herman. Well, not featuring because he passed away, but his music. Yeah, well, yes. and he did just pass he away. He did just pass away. And yes. my first show on Broadway was, was La Cage. Yes, so was I his actually show. worked so with are, Jerry. Yes. And our musical director, Andy Einhorn, was the musical director for the latest uh, Hollow Dolly on Broadway. So we both actually have oh, a wow. very close... Yeah, so it's, it's do you exciting. Have a, do you have a Jerry Herman story? Not really. I was okay. such a dumb, you know, <laughs> teenager at the time. It was a big... I mean, I we need to do another podcast yes, just no, to will. talk about Lacage because yes. okay. it was another huge moment we'll in have, Broadway history yes. and in the world's history and the AIDS crisis and you know there were a lot of things going on and the Easter bonnet happened yes. in that show and you know so anyway there's a lot to talk about we'll have a special episode just for that yeah yes, yes let's have yes. a special episode yes. but I am very yes. privileged to be able to honor Jerry now yes yeah and the other two things that you have you are uh, you were Emmy nominated for season one of oh my After God, Forever. I forgot. Yes. yes. And now season two, which is the digital web series. And season two was just released, Amazon Prime. You can watch it. You play Lisa. Uh, and I you do? get to hear Katie. You do. <laughs> okay. And you get to sing in the show. I do. You I do. sing. I get Lisa's like, you know, just a the, sort of like the me. gay best friends. The gay best, you know, the best friend of the gay guy, right? Yeah. right? You know, I'm married to a man. Yes. And uh, yeah, but she is, she's pretty funny. Yeah. She's, she has a good time. But the biggest thing I want to talk about yes. is your own digital series that is premiering on your birthday, February yes. 2nd. A week from today. Yes, a week from today. Next February Sunday. February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Yes. It's called Katie Did. Yes. Um, so could you give us a very brief synopsis of the show? Because then that's going to take us into our Well, game. it is about a tired old Tony Award winner. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's sort of angry at the world for her aging and she has a very embarrassing audition video go viral mm. so she becomes unhirable Ooh. Yes, it's kind of that. It's kind of that bad, you know. And so what happens is she has the only offer she has is from a man in her hometown to do a concert. Oh. And I'm like, I do not want to go home. <laughs> oh my god, I've avoided home. And my manager's like, he 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 suggests something seedy, mm. and I'm like. Hackettsville, here I come, you know. So I end up in uh, my fictitious hometown of Hackettsville. And uh, my nemesis, sort of like my high school nemesis that I never knew I had. Mm -hmm. Like she knew I was her nemesis, but I didn't, I can't even remember who she is, you know. <laughs> but we end up running a, a, a public access television station oh together. Oh my God. So it's, a, it's me with a... With a, a, a talk show and oh. all the local talent. Oh, my God. So my this. local talent is like some of the funniest, best, including James Eigelhart is one of our guys. And Todd Allen Crane. Annie Lucy Golden. Lucy DeVita. Annie Golden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just so many. Joe Sakari. There's just so many great, 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 very funny New York actors in it. I love it. Well, the title of your web series takes us in to the game called Katie Did. Woo! So we are going to ask you some questions and you are going to tell us whether you did them or not. See if I have any memory. And 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 just as a, pr a precursor, there may be like one or two inappropriate questions. So yes. I hope everyone's prepared. Um, <laughs> okay, so have you ever forgotten the lyrics to a song you were singing? Yes. Many times. <laughs> we, we're expected to learn songs so fast yes. these days. I mean, just so fast. And sometimes it's kind of like, one more time. <laughs> you know, it just happens. Did you ever miss it? Or you just fake it. <laughs> Make up new lyrics. I'm actually pretty good at faking lyrics and they actually will rhyme. Like it's my form of rap. Like middle-aged white lady rap is make up the lyric. I love it. I love it. Did you ever miss an entrance to your scene? Yes. In which show? Will Rogers Follies. Oh, good Lord. There was this great little gag where I kept on bringing Will newspapers on stage. And he would, the whole thing is Keith Carradine's Will Rogers and he's reading from the headlines and commentating. And every time I come on, I'm wearing a little less clothing. Mm -hmm. Oh, Yes. <laughs> I was 26, baby. Well. Take your clothes off. <laughs> and I thought I was done. I thought I had handed him the final newspaper. And I is at the Palace <laughs> Theater, and I walk down the circular stairs, and I'm in my dressing room, and I hear my cue. I mean, <laughs> that's another one. Like, I'm not sure how I got up there. I believe I flew. I just flew and came running out. Here's your paper, Mr. Rogers. And, and oh I remember God. Tommy Toon came up to me after. He's like, that kind of excitement. That's what we need every time. <laughs> Urgency. I'm like, okay. Oh, my God. I love that. I love that. Uh, have you ever fallen off the stage? I don't think so. I mean, pants have fallen off. I've thrown shit into the audience. You know, I mean. That stuff's happened. I don't believe I've ever fallen off. Stage. No, that's great. That's great. Right? I yeah. mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. I don't have no, a, that would be a serious injury. I, I don't have yeah. the the Jerry Robbins you know, story, <laughs> of, like having watching everybody watched him walk off and just let him fall. 
All right, this one's a little more scandalous. Uh-oh. Have you ever had a hookup with a castmate during the show? Of course. <laughs> oh, please. It's theater. Why do you think I'm in this business? And which show? <laughs> that See, that's what that's that's sure. going all the I know, way. I'm really thinking about Broadway. I don't think there's been a Broadway show where I've hooked up with anybody, but okay. of course, out of town. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> what do they call that? A showmance. Well, what's, what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's right. That's right. Uh, ever what get fired from a show? Anywhere? I don't think so. That's great. Keith, will I ever fired from a show? Yeah, I don't think okay. so. All right. Did you ever quit a show midway through a performance or run? Well, actually, the first time I missed Ula, I didn't quit the run, but I was in the middle of a show. I had gone 53 weeks without a day off, and wow. at intermission, I collapsed with the flu. And oh, my, my God. And my understudy, Angie L. Schwarer, went on. Oh, Angie. And the rest is history wow. because she got the gig as my replacement and the tour and all that. Yes. But yeah. So at, at intermission, then I missed six and a half shows because I was so sick. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. It was like, remember this, this show beforehand, it's like, now, Ula Belt, don't take twice. <laughs> <laughs> and Matthew was like. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, did you, have you ever gotten cast for a dream role? I mean, have you ever not gotten cast for a dream role only to have it come back to you later? I don't think I'm that smart. <laughs> you know, I don't know it's my drum, dream role till I'm doing it. Okay. You know, I don't have like... You don't have like that one I, role you were like dying for? N not until I was doing it did I know I wanted to play Dolly Levi. You know, and my mm. friend was like, you got to come up and do this. I'm like, oh, it's too much. I just broke up with my husband. I can't, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, get up to Rhode Island. You're playing Dolly. I'm like, okay. And then I just had a ball. Um, and I love, um, I love originating roles, mm, yes. you know, so a dream role for me is the one I get to originate. Yeah. But when I do get to play these big, uh, roles, like, you know, I was like, Oh, what, what is wrong with me? Like, why haven't I, why haven't I known I want to play that? Mm. Well, we are almost out of time. Um, so we're up to the final question already. Okay. So the, I always end my interviews playing off of the title of my oh. podcast, Burying It All with Call Me Adam. So, and don't mess this up for me, we're live. So, <laughs> no, believe so me, it's going to be very boring. <laughs> it's such a boring answer, I think, I, if, it, if this is what comes out. I can't remember okay. what I really prepared. Well, if you could bear it all and reveal something that you have not talked about in a previous interview, what would you share with us today? Well, I got to tell you, I was a dumb teenager when I started on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And I thought I knew it all. And, you know, I'm, I'm a kid who started in this because, you know, life was interesting at home, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's a lot of people in this business. It, we, are, we welcome the freaks and geeks and circus folks and all that. And we call ourselves circus folk. And I, and I landed in this business, thank God, because Le Cage au Fall, those people are still my family, mm -hmm. right? And I love my biological family, too. It was just a confusing, tough time. Um, so what I 
thought I had control of in my life, I had no control of mm. and got married trying to be saved and trying, like I've gone through life and now in my 50s, I realize, oh shit, I, I really have to do this better than what I've been doing and what I've been doing. And it's, for me, it's a much more spiritual, uh, it's a much more spiritual uh, journey now. Mm. It's about service, I'm directing more. And I just want to tell young people, like, go where it's warm. Like, there's a <laughs> lot of weird shit in this business mm -hmm. and a lot of exciting things that are really bad. You know, you can find yourself in situations that are, they seem exciting at the moment and they are awful. Mm. And if you do not have a strong um, community around you you can really get lost and i think mm. i did get lost in a in a in sev several times not that anybody not that i ever made any big mistakes or anybody knew that this was going on it just is sort of how life happens yes. right so i would just suggest going where it's warm supporting each other there is no such thing as competition in this business mm -hmm. And you have to understand that, that you have to, sometimes I'm going to work, sometimes somebody else is going to work, and you just have to support each other. Um, That's wonderful advice. Yeah, yeah, sorry. It wasn't very sexy. It's okay. It's educational and informative. I'm in my 50s. <laughs> I get boring now. I remember Gene Hackman saying that he started crying once he turned 60. Like, it's just life changes so much. Yes. You get much it more does. emotional. Mm -hmm. So now I'm much more on the path of, like, love everybody, welcome everybody, serve your community, be kind to yourself, and, you know. That's wonderful. Well, that is all the time we have today. And it's a wonderful way to end, because we love you and adore oh, you. I love you, too. So thank, thank you. you so You're much. welcome. <laughs> so good. And... Um, Thank Every you for this vast crowd yes. coming to see yes. us today. Aren't you the lucky ones? And don't forget to, <laughs> to follow the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find us, bpn.fm. And um, we're over 50 theater-related podcasts, so come listen to us. Thanks for coming. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story For he happens to be in the know Just ask anybody who's had him at him Live for the business of show CallMeAdam.com Thanks for listening. For more Call Me Adam interviews, visit CallMeAdam.com And follow me on social media, on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Call Me Adam NYC.